Welcome to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. Welcome everyone to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast with your host. My name is Ed. We have Walker. We have Drew. And missing out today's episode is our Lithuanian correspondent, Tomas. Uh, we feel for you, or we kind of don't because you're on no, vacation. No, we don't. He's on a beach. Nah. Yeah, you're on a no. beach. We don't feel for him. He can go screw himself. Anyway, uh, guys, uh, Formula One is back in full yeah, swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full yeah. swing. We are at the cusp of uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix. I can't be more stoked about it. But without further ado, let's get the ball rolling. I pass the mic over to our ever-endearing voice of reason, Walker. Take it away, buddy. I think that's the first time anyone's called me the voice of reason, and I really appreciate it. So thank you for that, Ed. <laughs> it looks uh, good on wonderful you, dude. It looks good. Voice of, I need a t-shirt that says voice I of know. reason. My wife will never buy it. She'll be like, who the fuck is You that are dude? welcome, sir. You're welcome. Like, if you're the voice of reason, what is everybody else? That's going to be like her first question. <laughs> um and thank you for the wonderful intro yes as you mentioned um we we're getting into the season um last week we did preseason testing and it's always like an interesting time because you look forward to it you're like fuck yeah cars on track we're gonna see who's in front who's behind and i feel like i came out of this testing session knowing absolutely nothing like really like you between like what kind of different runs they're doing, fuel loads, setups, like you don't really know what they're testing for. So yeah, I feel like I, I, my takeaways from the testing were, were quite, quite limited personally, but I'd love to hear the expertise of, uh, expert opinions of, of you guys and see what you took away from it. Um, Drew, do you want to touch on, um, your key takeaways from F1 testing 2024? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think I want a, a T-shirt that says "expert" on it now. Um, no, <laughs> there's nothing. Ex- <laughs> there's nothing expert about my takeaways at all. But um, I did definitely get to catch um, a lot of the preseason testing, and it was a lot of driving. Um, but you know, back to Walker's <laughs> point, like it was, it was very hard to dissect what was going on, and unless you were in the garages or on the pit wall, like understanding, like what kind of fuel load they were doing. Were they doing long runs, short runs? Were they doing like a hero lap? What what did that look like in terms of like, what is that team testing for? And it's hard to get apples to apples because even if they are on the same tire, you know, the fuel load is going gonna, is gonna to change a lot of things too, right? Based on that, you know, I think it's a walk away again for, for Red Bull. I don't know how much they were sandbagging, but if they were, then it's going to be an even bigger walk away. That being said, you know, I think Mercedes by the end of testing started to look really good. And and I think they might be a little bit better than I originally thought they were going to look. Um, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for them early on in the, the testing because George had a, I don't know, it just, it didn't look great. And, um, you know, Bahrain's a bit of a bumpy course and there's a lot of wind going on there. So it just, the car, the rear end looked very unsettled. It didn't look like a great car to drive. On the flip side, you know, Ferrari looked like a very stable car, you know, coming out of the gate. And I don't know what that looks like. Again, this whole sandbagging thing is kind of tough because, like, you don't ever know what the full capacity of these guys are going to look like. And, you know, I think Friday is going to be a very big um, eye opener on what the realities of these are. But in terms of, like, 
some of the the midfield pack teams like you know we discussed earlier i don't think alpine knows what's going on i think the drivers are very discouraged in terms of like you know lack of leadership they haven't had you know anything solid in their world for the last little bit and i think their car and driving and i think that whole outfit has looked um they're they're just not where they need to be um then you have a team like haas that like you know they're struggling in a big way um but those two drivers are still trying to milk everything they can out of that car williams is looking pretty sharp i'd love to see what they can do um but that uh that kicks racing f1 team stake i don't know what they're promoting today but um that big marketing company has a car that they're putting in formula one this year um and i'm i'm very curious to see what that looks like but those are just some of my immediate takeaways on on what happened obviously there's a lot of nuanced things with like you know some of the other teams but i just wanted a, a quick high level about what i got going on i want to know what mr ed had to say uh well it was a uh, kind of like an enlightening type of uh pre-testing because uh from the way like how ferrari at the end of day three like both ferrari signs and leclerc signs leading in terms of like fastest laps um or fastest time rather and then followed up by george russell um into third so pretty interesting there um looks like total wolf really cracked the whip this time and made sure that they would have like a competitive car i'm not going to say it's going to be a winning car yet maybe a competitive car now really taking it to ferrari and you know um the slowly climbing mclaren possibly a resurgence of aston martin as well and uh as we all know, and Max Verstappen was not um, what a tactful would be the good term for it, I guess, that uh, he was really enjoying what upgrades he had with the uh, RB20. He couldn't contain himself. He was super happy about it and super excited to get the race. As for the backmarkers, um, Daniel Ricardo said that he wanted to... Uh, be at the very least the lead of the mid-pack. We'll see when that comes. I mean, the car did look stable compared to the last season. It's not a clone of the RB19. It only has a suspension of the RB19. But who's to say? Again, the sandbagging, as you said, Drew. Like, I, uh, I totally agree on that part. Um, Williams, I'm low-key rooting for Albon to do a little bit better this season but uh i don't know for me williams and um kick sauber looks kind of the same proof is in the pudding probably on turn one we'll see how that runs in bahrain uh this weekend and haas putting out the most amount of laps for the entire um for the entire uh, testing season or, t- or day three days of testing 450 laps kind of shows that they're scared can their car really stack up to the rest of the field but we'll never know until you know lights out walker so i think looking back in those three days and again you know i was watching here and there and and watching some highlights and reading some articles and stuff like that i really think my biggest takeaway like concrete takeaway from the three days of testing was that i 
enjoyed the livery of that steak sabre kick team a lot more than I thought I would. It was really nice seeing that green around the racetrack. At first, I was completely turned off. Um, but that is kind of the most definitive thing I can say about testing is that I really enjoyed that livery a lot more than I thought I was going to. To your point, I think, you know, Red Bull, it never felt like they were giving it their all. You know, you listen to like some of those radio messages and some of the reports come out of the team. It's like they got like juice in the bag. Like they're just like catfishing everybody right now. And, um, you know, Ferrari had some good pace, but is that all they have? Uh, and similar with Mercedes, right? So it's really going to be interesting to see what comes out of it. I do know that, um, as we kind of alluded to, so much can change between testing and uh, the first race. So the good thing is that we we don't have to wait long to f- get some racing uh, that actually matters and see cars on track when they actually matter because the race weekend technically kicks off two days from now we're recording this on a tuesday and i'm not really sure why but the race is going on thursday friday saturday does anyone know why that's happening the first two races of the year i think are our thursday to saturday instead of religious holidays traditional is that why yeah religious holidays yeah, yeah. okay good to know so yeah. we're getting it even sooner than uh than expected um based on that testing what do we think we're going to see coming into this first race weekend? We want to throw out some predictions. Maybe we can start with uh, start with Quali, and then we can kind of do top three in the race. Okay. I also too. Okay. I was just thinking. I'm like, we should also take a like a poll and and kind of do some predictions on who's going to bin it first. <laughs> I already I think, have my answer for that. I, I think that I think that deserves a little bit too. And I mean, isn't also, it obvious? We should no, also do know. one too on on who's what inter team fights are going to be like I, I would love <laughs> to do an inner team crash. Like what two t- uh, teammates from the same team are gonna crash into each other. I'm gonna write these all down. Okay, okay yeah, these are good. So these quality, are good. Yeah, so these are yeah, good. One, two, three. First wall so, in the wall. First mechanical retirement. Ooh, that's a goodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And first uh, team collision. Okay, team collision. this is this okay. is that gets juicy. Is, it gets juicy real quick. So I think we should we should address this one question at a time. We should go around the circle here. All yeah, right. so I do want to give you the predictions you asked for, but I think those are like more educated answers these are going to be way more like left field no no stuff. they're way I'm more entertaining that. yeah, yeah way, way more entertaining <laughs> <laughs> okay my question sucked yeah. um <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have a fucking list of topics before we hop on you know, know. Boring ass questions like that um okay should we start with um you know what ed i want to start with you who is okay. going to kill it in free practice one <laughs> You practice one, yeah. You got sergeant on that one. I'm gonna call. I'm, I'm gonna call my boy, uh, uh, Valtteri Bottas. Free practice oh. one. He's gonna okay. kill it. And just for the record, you're the only one answering the question about FP one. <laughs> yeah. um, that's only a question for you because apparently that's only a question for you. Matter to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. All right, Drew. We're gonna start with you. Um, let's yes. look at Quali. Who do you have? getting 
the top three. Top three. We're going to go Max, Checo, Carlos. Okay. Ed? Checo, Max, Leclerc. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go Max, Leclerc, and I'm going to throw Lando up there. Let's give Lando okay. some love. Respect. Okay. Right? Let's see. Let's see if McLaren still has that one pace, uh, one lap pace going on. Um, one through three race, full race distance. Race distance. Um, I'm gonna go with Max, Leclerc, Hamilton. That was mine. Um, pick a different one. Do I know. Relax. Else. Don't <laughs> just, be Thomas. Just, just be like, I agree with chill. you. Just chill, okay? Just chill. Um, Max. Um, Lewis. Fernando. Okay, I like it. Walker, what do you got on these three? Before I give my answer, going into this season, are we just do? I, am I getting the feeling that Max is just like the de facto number one on everything? I don't want that because it's a fresh it's season. Us, unfortunately, I don't think that decision is up to us. I think the reality <laughs> is is that Red Bull gave him another championship winning car, and Max Verstappen yeah. knows exactly what to do with it, and that's that's the truth. I think Checo has the same car, and I just think he doesn't know what to do with it yet. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, race finish one, two, three. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Max Lando Lewis. Okay. All Max right. Lando. Okay. Now, do you All know right, something about McLaren that I don't know? After preseason, yeah. like, do you know something? Like, is is McLaren really like pulling? Like, because I know Aston Martin made leaps and bounds, but like, yeah, they did. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm I'm going to share my secret with you shortly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. tell you where this newfound faith has come in to play. Okay, I like um, it. We're going to hold down that. like that. Oh, um, are we, do we have yeah. any more questions? Because I would like to touch on another subject. Yeah, we got all, those were the boring questions. Now we got the fun shit coming up. Okay, okay. Do you have time for that or you got, you got somewhere to go? Is your question <laughs> No, better? I just wanted to talk about if anyone had checked out Drive to Survive yet. That's coming up. Hold okay. that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> um... Our next question on our list is first in the wall. <laughs> first in the wall, um, either on their own or as a result of somebody else. But who's the first to make contact with the wall in the race? That was a good caveat, saying whether it's a result of an incident, an incident or not. I think that uh, Logan Sargent's going to do it, dude. <laughs> okay. Lance Stroll. Good one. All right. Good one. Okay. Esteban Ocon. 
Those are your top three fucking candidates too. You know what I mean? Like we didn't go dark horse on these. Like no, statistically speaking, cool. yeah. it will be one of these three guys. <laughs> yeah. I think if we had a fourth, Pierre Gasly was going to be on that list. Yeah, Pierre Gasly is going to be one. I mean, did you see their car? They were struggling. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they were, were struggling the entire up. time. <laughs> no, they're just they're just here for the fucking buffet. That's all they're doing this year. <laughs> the um, craft craft service. First with mechanical failure. Uh Haas. All day. Mm, if I'm gonna pick a driver, it's gonna be K Meg because I think they're gonna give Nico Hulkenberg a better car because <laughs> he's faster. <laughs> Get the spare good parts from one car. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, other. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you got, um, Ed? I I would say uh, Leclerc. You think Leclerc is going to have the first? Okay, mm. I can see where your faith in Ferrari's gone. I like it. So you think it's going to be Ferrari the old? Yeah. Okay. Like- um, first mechanical failure. I am going to give to Joe. That's fair. That's fair. Joe. That's I fair. feel I like get behind that. Yeah, I'm not sure what's gonna happen. He's, He's gonna, gonna kill it in gonna FP1. Happen. But yeah, FP1 is on fire, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put your money on Joe for FP1. <laughs> All day. Um, first team collision. Who, Alpine, which, baby. which Alpine, Alpine. Oh, hey, <laughs> that's gonna be an Esteban Gasly disaster for sure. Or nah, that's it. I because you guys got to pick. Yeah, you got choose one. one. Yeah, yeah, I get one. That's my one. Uh, Haas. Haas. Hmm. Okay. Um, those are all really respectable choices. I'm going to go Williams just because at any point, Logan Sargent could just send like Sargent. <laughs> oh, he's a wild card on Albon. the best day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Alex <laughs> Albon. And you know what? Just talking about Alpine a little bit because obviously I think we've all agreed that they're in rough shape. But I was reminded recently when I was watching something or reading something that they are like a factory team. They're yeah. like the equivalent of like a Ferrari, you know, a Red Bull, a Mercedes in terms of like, they're not buying their parts. No. Like they are like a factory team and, and you know, Renault, Alpine, whatever you want to call them. They're one of the largest manufacturers in the world. Yeah. And here they are. Like they should, the, the, the amount of money and resources that they have behind them and where they are as a team from like a leadership standpoint, from a mechanical standpoint, from a car standpoint, it's just absolutely It's awful. I think from the driver's standpoint, they're the most strong there. 100%, yeah. yeah. And they hate each other. Yeah, but that's fine. Perfect. That's Let's fine. get that yeah, yeah, going. Yeah. Use it. But there's like, yeah, they don't even want to work together, but like, and that's the strongest part of their team, right? It, it's a, it's a real shame. And I think it would be great to see them compete again, given like the heritage and given like, you know, the, the teams and the cars and drivers they've had in the past. But I just wanted to bring that up quickly because, again, it's just one of those things that you kind of forget because they, they get grouped in with that, you know, mid-lower pack now with the Haas and the Stake and whatever else, the Running Bulls. Running Bulls? Racing Bulls. Racing, racing um, Bulls. So it, I've, from everywhere I've learned and heard, and it's just RB. Like, they're just calling it by, like, just RB. calling it RB. RB? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's not confusing. Yeah, um, right. in the slightest. 
so Drew, you brought this up. You brought Drive to Survive up. Yeah. Do you want to start us off on this uh, little tangent here? Yeah, like I didn't do a super deep dive into it, but I, you know, I How did start watching watched? it. I think, pardon me? How much have you watched? I think I'm three and a half episodes deep. Okay. Like I got fairly, fairly like deep into it. Um, I definitely, I like the dynamic that they were going with in terms of like, you know, Lando's relationship with Zach Brown. Um, I just kind of like how they told different stories throughout the season. Cause like they have, you know, like the Williams Haas thing and they got the, you know, the Alpine thing was just an absolute clown show. And that's kind of where I came up with my response. Cause I forgot that, that uh, Gasly and, and Ocon just like, it was the, com- the competition between those two is fierce. It's something so real. And I get behind mm-hmm. it. It's, like, it's awesome. Um, you know what? I thought they did a good enough job with the show and um, keeping their heroes, the heroes, the villains, the villains is the same thing. And um, it's awesome to see Gunther Steiner again. Cause I just, you know, once I heard he got canned that he was going to be off the grid. Oh, on a side note, like fun fact, I don't know if this is like fully legit, but apparently Steiner is going to be on the grid. He's doing like, um german uh commentator german tv yeah he's gonna yeah. be a german sports commentator i thought that was awesome he was gone for zero days he has absolutely not missed one single race and i absolutely adore that liberty um, media was not gonna pass up they could that opportunity they yeah they can't <laughs> they can't he's, gold. he's tv gold <laughs> Um, they needed him in the f1 ecosystem however that looked and if you're gonna be a german commentator so be it such is life um, but back exactly. to Drive to Survive, though, honestly, like I thought it was pretty good. I, I'm looking forward to watching more of it. Um, but you know, they did the best with what they had. Um, I like Will Buxton. I think he's an all right guy. Like he has good little points kind of between there. Um, I know a lot of people like what on socials and stuff like that kind of hate on him a little bit, but I kind of like the guy. He's all right. Have you guys watched it at all? Or I'll be honest, I haven't watched season five and this season. I know it's shameful. Really? And I apologize. Why is that? I will binge watch it for the next few days. No, no, why, why is that? Why yeah, were you, were the you not drawn to it? Or was it um, you just could care less? You're busy? What's going on? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, the past few Drive to Survive seasons is really like aimed at the drama. Aimed at, you know, you know, in interpersonal quarrels between teams uh between a driver and it's kind of getting boring at that point so that's why i was like you know what i'm gonna set this back a little bit and be a little bit more on the journalistic side of the research on formula one and actually reading different blogs and whatnot and getting the you know the information from there like i i don't know for honestly for me it kind of got boring good for Liberty Media to continue doing this because the guys who started following Formula One when this started are now slowly growing their, you know, their passion into following this sport. So good that it's growing, but for fans like myself, like I just miss the actual racing in itself. The drama was there, mm-hmm. not the, uh, oh my God, my feelings are hurt. I'm offended and all that stuff. So. But I will watch it, though, for the fans. And, you don't have uh, to. For... No, no, you, you watch <laughs> for it for you, you, Ed. Not for yeah, the fans. Yeah. Don't do anything for anyone else. <clears throat> Love no. yourself first. Not for like of the course. five people listening to this. 
Yeah. Not worth it. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do agree with the point that you made about I feel like last season it started to feel a little bit stale, the format. Um, and, you know, we started this podcast. So we're even more in-depth into, like, watching it and, like, you know, taking in the season and everything that happened. And I thought that maybe with this current season that's just come out, I thought, eh, is it going to be a little bit stale again? Is it going to be a little bit boring? Same format, similar things like that. But um, I've been enjoying the first, like you, Drew, I think I'm three and a half episodes into it right now. Uh, and I've enjoyed it because I feel like they've, you know, we talk about, we'll give the example of like Danny Rick coming back, right? And we know that he apparently had like a couple of test laps that he had to like really like prove himself and show that he had the pace in like that RB19. And they have footage of that, right? Of that test session where he went behind, where he was there and he was like, all right, like this is the day, like I got to show what I got. So I think like those kinds of, that kind of footage where it kind of fills in those gaps, you know, that, that those rumors and those stories that we heard and to have it um, confirmed is pretty cool. I do have a couple of takeaways from the first few episodes and Ed, I'm going to ask you to brace yourself in advance because you're not going to like what I have to say. But I really took a bit of a liking to Lance. That first episode, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it like humanized him or he wasn't as much of like a whiny little bitch as he's been in like previous seasons. I don't know if he was humbled by having a couple of broken wrists, but like... I just thought like he came off way, I don't know if he had media training, I don't really know what it was, but he came off way, way more likable than in previous seasons and then I, I typically liked him. I don't know if Drew, you got that at all. I loved um, it. They really played into the father-son dynamic and like mm -hmm. how it was like him coaching him through his like, you know, younger years and getting him through karting and going up through the formulas and like they really played off the father-son thing and like, really wanting your son to succeed no matter what and like doing all the right things and Lance, you know, doing this and then bringing for, he, it literally looked like he hired Fernando Alonso to be like the most expensive driver coach you could ever have at 50 million pounds a year, like whatever he's paying the guy. Yeah. And I don't know if, if Lawrence and, and Lance called up and they were like, listen guys, like we need some better coverage here, but like they both came off really, really good in that first episode to your point, whether it's by the father-son thing, whether it's saying I'm a father first and blah, 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 blah. Like it was just, they played that really, really well. And I kind of fell for it. Yeah, I was all the way in too. Now, how did so, you feel about the dynamic between Zach Brown and Lando Norris? Like that whole like golf thing and that like, hey, I got to set you up and oh, I've been a part of your journey the whole time. Like, how did you feel about that? Like, did you feel like that was as authentic as the Lance Lawrence bit so that was another interesting thing and i think that's what kind of you know stoked my affinity for lando you know my predictions going to the first one because you know you can you really get the feeling that he's kind of like at the end of his rope with mclaren in terms of you know what they can offer him right and and you could just see like the angst in him like having this shit car you know where where i stopped you know it was still the beginning of the season when they were coming you know in the back half of the pack um and you know, then they start to see some success, obviously, near the end of the season. But, you know, to me, that was a little bit different because here you had Zach almost kind of pleading with him, being like, you know, all right, like, you know, trying to, like, placate him and say, 
it's okay. Everything's fine. Like we're going to figure this like to your point, Drew, a little bit like, you know, I didn't realize how far back the relationship went and how far back he was kind of involved in his career. But was, there was an, definitely an element of like, stick around, like, you know, you know, not so many words, you owe me a little bit because yeah. I've kind of brought you to this point. Yeah. But, um, I would, you know, we talked about this, I think a little bit last week, but I would love to see Lance get some real or not Lance, sorry, uh, Lando get some real success this season, win a race, win a fucking sprint, at least like do something. And I think I feel for him in the, in the place that he's at in his career and the amount of time that he's put into McLaren. Um, and he hasn't been able to have the car because I think we can all agree that he has that talent. Uh, it was also really interesting, you know, to uh, hear how open, you know, Christian Horner was about having him join Red Bull, right? Yeah, he seemed, he wanted you know, big time. very honest about being like, he's a great driver. We'd love to have him, but he's kind of shooting himself in the foot because he, his, his loyalty still remain with this subpar team. So yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with McLaren and Lando as a result uh, this season. My heart kind of goes out to him. Like, I felt bad. He's like, my time's coming. Don't worry. I'm patient. Like, I know that I'll get there one day. I'll have I'll be a race winner. And then I'm, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, will you? Will you, though? You know what I mean? I guess he can accidentally be a race winner. Gasly's done it. Akon's done it. You can accidentally be a race winner sometimes. Yeah. And, but, you know, he's doing all the right things, you know, staying loyal, like staying committed, focused, all that stuff. But, like, to your point, does that does that when you races in formula one or do you have to be like Lewis and you're like, you know, fuck you guys. You guys aren't really like cutting it right now. I'm going to jump ship or like a max who's just, you know, ruthless and, you know, in every way. Right. It's, is that aside from accidentally winning something because someone spins out or crashes, like, is that going to win you a race? Yeah. Or make you a champion. Forget about winning a race, right? Because he, obviously he's in it to be a champion, and he has the talent to be a champion. But he does, he does in a big way. Mm-hmm. And there is Piastri there. This little I fucking like that rookie. Kid, man. I love. I, that. I, I know you do for that kid. I don't know what it is about Piastri. I think he's like. I think he will be great. I think he will be a great. A super mm-hmm. underestimated driver. Like these guys don't know what when. Once Piastri turns that on and with a really good car, I mean, he did show it last season. So who knows what could happen? I feel bad for Lando because if if Piastri wins a race ahead of him, so he wins a sprint race, a race over Lando, eh, I don't know how luck. that's going to be. That's not a good look. Yeah, definitely not. So yeah. we'll see. We'll definitely see. But I want, I, I, I feel the same. I want Lando to win. Like, guy, guy is good, and the guy stayed during the crappy, crappiest moments of McLaren. So, we'll see. I think the other thing that I found a little bit painful about watching this season so far of Drive to Survive is seeing Danny Rick in his uh, media role with uh with red bull as a third driver i know they call him a third driver really he's like a fucking mascot and i think they they profiled that a little bit in one of the episodes and just it just seemed like a soul crushing job you know i think you know everyone soul, said he went so into defeating. it 
He looked so He went defeated. into it like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take some time off and refocus. But, like, that footage just showed him absolutely destroyed inside. I don't know if you yeah, got oh, that yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but that's what and happens anyways. when you cage an animal, right? Like, you take yeah. everything, like, that's, you know, his identity of who he is. And then you put him so, like, you might as well just not have him. You put him so close to something that's so great and then just, like, dangle it in front of him. And then take it away. But you know what? It was nice to see him get that seat. What did you think about the whole DeVries thing? Like watching DeVries like talk about it. And like obviously they're interviewing him after his races. And like P17, P16, P20, DNF, crash. And then all of a sudden it's like you're out. Horner was like, buddy, you got to go. Like you could be the nicest guy on the grid. But if you don't win races, you're gone, buddy. So that I appreciated. And like I did see you know, a little bit of Horner that felt guilty about that, but at the, like, he still got a ship to run. You know what I mean? Like, we still got to be the best. You ain't performing, you're out. It's it. Yeah. Simple as, game. It's a, it's racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have yeah. one job. Toto always says it, man. The, the stopwatch never lies. No. And you know what? Horner is just as much of a killer as Max is. And I think that's kind of what I saw in, in that episode. It's just like, take no prisoners like this is it is what it is like you're you're in or you're out and i know last season i was you know either jokingly or not one of the bigger supporters of devries uh on this podcast watching back at watching it back though i was like fuck man you sucked <laughs> i was like what was i like it was kind of by your i'm like no like you were you were not good did you deserve a little longer? Maybe, but like, I kind of get it now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was my other takeaway. <laughs> the breeze was in fact not very good. No, it was fun. You know what, Ed, I'm going to give you, uh, I know you've taken it on yourself, but even if you didn't, I want to give you that as homework to watch the other half, this first half and then the other half of Drive to Survive because I think that this little segment on uh, on what the boys are doing, I'm curious to see, like I said, I got halfway through that Esteban Akon episode. And I saw them put it in the wall together with uh, with Pierre Gasly. And that's kind of where I had to turn it off with, uh, with, with life <laughs> happening around me. But um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the oh, last Don't worry. I'll, I'll binge watch yeah, everything. Binge it, and then I'll, I'll be it. caught up by the time. Yeah, don't I mean, even worry about last season. It's just, it's just this no, season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Skip five. We already know what happened. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll One last point I wanted to touch on. Um I don't know, maybe we should preface all this by saying spoiler alert or some shit like that, but too late. Spoiler alert. Um, I actually thought the language that Lewis used around that 2021 championship, interesting. Oh, I don't know if you picked up on it. this. Stolen from me. The championship because that was taken from reclaim. me. Reclaim. I'm going to yeah. reclaim. I had never heard him talk about that championship. No with those words you know no. it was always like you know max won whatever shit happened like taking it very graciously but like this was like a this was different vernacular like he was like from everyone gonna... on on mercedes yeah. like i mean like leadership was all like oh yeah the one that was taken from lewis stolen the one that he deserved all of that you're i didn't even realize that didn't even click till right now yeah and i again it's not even so much a leadership but actually the coming out of lewis i think he talked about like you know reclaiming a championship right so it's something obviously that he would have uh, otherwise had and then i think he mentioned something about it being stolen or or something like that but um it was actually really refreshing to see 
you know, I, th I think the time for being, you know, polite and cordial and a sportsman has kind of passed. And now you can be like, that was fucking bullshit. I'm pissed off. Like, I want to take it back. So seeing that motivation uh, in him and how he's approached that is, is actually really exciting to see. Not only, obviously, we know what happened last season, but, you know, going into this season in 2025, and maybe that helps inform you know, those decisions as to why he's decided to try and like jump ship and, and maybe try, try winning that eight uh, somewhere else because he, he clearly feels like it's owed to him and it clearly feels like it was his and it was taken away from him. So um, there you go. Ed. You just watched the first three season or first three episodes. So you're. So let me ask you this then. And I don't know if we want to put this on pause till the next episode because this is a heavy one. But like, do you think Lewis made the right move? with that call going to Ferrari? Like, is that something we should have just shelf until next week? I think we should wait after, after race one. Let, let's after like race one. Judgment that after would be really, one. really nice to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Because I think I that agree. that's like, as of right, I don't want to, yeah. Okay, we'll shelf it. We'll shelf it. We'll shelf it. Yeah, yeah. no. After race one, a lot of things are going to tell us like where all the teams are, like the real score. I feel like mm -hmm. that's cheating, though, because then we're going to be like, oh, yeah, he definitely should have won because Ferrari won the race tomorrow or this weekend. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So really short answer. I don't want to hear why. Let's leave okay. like the broader discussion for next week. But do you think after testing what you've seen that he's made the right move, Drew, yes or no? No. No. Ed? Yes. Uh, it's I am time. Also... Yeah, it's time. Uh, I, oh, such a tough one. I know I'm not supposed to explain myself. I, I feel like I'm a loyalist, so I want to say no, but I'm going to say undecided. This was your oh, idea. I don't want to talk oh, about this oh, shit. Oh, come on. You said yes <laughs> so, or no. I could have picked that too. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck it. I'm in control. So, um, Bahrain, for all of you listening, it is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, Ed... Don't forget, FP1 Thursday, you're good to go. For the yep. rest of us, we can watch qualifying and the race on Friday and Saturday. Boys, any final words before we uh, call it for an episode? Nah, that's it, man. I'm super excited that F1's back, and I'm even more excited that it's happening a day earlier in the week because now I got a free Sunday to do all my work stuff, and Saturday I get to watch <laughs> the race, and I am pumped about it. Nice. There you go. Yeah, buddy. Ed? Just excited to be back. Finally racing <laughs> again, boys. We're back. We're back. That's yeah, yeah. it. Enough said. Um, uh, I agree with both of you. Can't wait. Excited to see what happens. Uh, excited for the recap. because We're going to have some real shit to talk about next week as well. So um, tune in for that. Thank you for uh, listening to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. Uh, don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell your friends, share, join the Discord, all that good shit. Uh, watch the race and come back and debrief with us next week. Uh, until then, ciao for now. Mm -hmm.